You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to a Playoff Monday edition of the Valentine's Views podcast, your first Valentine's Views podcast of 2023. And of course, we are celebrating today after your New York Giants routed Indianapolis on Sunday, qualifying for the playoffs for the first time since uh, 2016. Those of you, uh, those of you watching us on YouTube, uh, you, you can already see the smile on on Tony Del Genio's face that that he just that, that he just can't he just can't hide it. So, uh, Tony, good morning. How are you? And uh, happy, happy playoff Monday to you. <laughs> well, it certainly is a good morning. Yeah. Happy playoff Monday to you, too. Uh, I couldn't have been uh, more satisfying yesterday than than what we got. Everything was was pretty much perfect. Giants finally ran away with a victory against an opponent that they, sh- they should have beaten handily, and they got to do it at home in front of the home crowd, uh, which I think really deserves it after all the years of suffering. Did it, you know, I'm, I was sitting in the stadium, and, and the one unfortunate thing about the press box is it's in the north, you know, obviously New Jersey's in the northeast, and it's cold, and it's not a domed stadium in Minnesota. I guess the press box is actually open air where, where you're actually, you you can feel like part of the crowd, but you're, you're behind, you know, you're, you're indoors, you're behind glass. You're basically, you can tell that the crowd is loud, but you can't really feel it per se because you're behind, you know, because you're, because you're inside, but did it come through? on television just how electric that crowd was yesterday yeah i thought so i mean the the only other game that that it reminded me of this season was the baltimore game where where i thought that the fans really 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 uh uh, made noise for for the giants this seemed to me comparable to to that game well the giants pulled out all the stops they brought out they brought out Lawrence Taylor yeah, to ring the bell. Ring the bell the yeah. game, you know, the ball doing it too. And and they not only brought him out, they they ran him out of the tunnel to get yeah. to get an yeah. ovation. And uh, you know, it's funny because Patty Traina of of Giants Country and I, you know, kind of turned to each other and thought, you know, he's probably still the best linebacker the Giants have. <laughs> even <laughs> even, yeah. at, even at, what is he, day. sixty <laughs> years old or something like that? Put him out there; he's probably still their best linebacker. 
but Landon Collins played pretty well yesterday. So yes, 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 he did. Yes, he if we're did. gonna if we're gonna call him a linebacker. Yeah, I think I think we have to call him a linebacker, linebacker hybrid, whatever he is. He did play pretty well, and it was interesting and nice to see Collins make a play. But you know, from my perspective, it was it was we'll we'll just start with this. I think everybody felt like the Giants should win that game, and you know, had no real excuse not to win that game. For me, it was it was nice to see the Giants do what they were supposed to do and leave no doubt about it. You know, basically the game was over at halftime. I mean, Darius Slayton tried to make a little bit of a game of, of it in the third quarter, but <laughs> but it was nice to see the Giants just pretty much from beginning to end due to the Colts, what they were supposed to do to the Colts and, and leave no doubt, you know, about, about getting into the playoffs. Yeah. And the, and you know, the, the, the thing about this season as satisfying as the season as a whole has been, is that the giants up to this point hadn't won a game by more than eight points, not even against Houston. Right. Uh, which was a, a game that I thought they might run away with and they never, they never quite managed to run away with it. And so, yeah, it's nice for a change to see them, to see them, them get the job done when they're supposed to get the job done. And, and, you can say that it's not as fulfilling as, you know, big victories uh, uh, like they've had sprinkled throughout the, the course of the season over s- seemingly superior teams. But as you say, taking care of business against an opponent that you're supposed to beat and doing it when everything is on the line, there's there's something to be said for that. And and good teams have to be able to do that. And and, you know, the Giants are not a dominating team. I mean, even yesterday. Indianapolis came out and, and traded punches with them early in the game. And actually, if I remember correctly, Indianapolis took a three nothing lead, in fact, uh, in the game. And it really wasn't until the second quarter that that the Giants got going. But but to me, that's a heartening thing, too, because to me, one of the consistent signatures of this coaching staff, I feel, is that they see what the other team is doing and they adjust to it and they figure out how to how to stop it, how to attack it on the other side of the ball. And so they make adjustments in the game that that make things better. And I thought yesterday was a good example uh, of that, too. And, uh, you know, overall, there's 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 nothing to complain about uh, on, on a morning like this after seeing them do this yesterday. Absolutely not. And. We have to get into talking about Daniel Jones and anyone who read Big Blue View on on Sunday evening, you know, read my column about Jones and and read the things that that Brian Dable said about Jones, that the players said about Jones. And, you know, I think for me, I'll say this. I think that that there's no doubt in my mind that the giants need to bring Daniel Jones back in 2023 and beyond. Um, for me, there's also no doubt that when Daniel Jones looks at this situation, I think he will understand that Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, this situation is the best one he's ever been in. And, and I don't know why he would have any desire to move on from it. Now, is he ever going to be, prime Tom Brady, prime Aaron Rodgers, probably not. But for me, the way I look at it, when you look at what Daniel Jones did 
Sunday, what he's done this year, it's impossible not to feel good for him. And whether you're a Daniel Jones supporter or not, I think you have to, to you have to give the man his respect for the toughness that he shows for the leadership that he shows and for what he has done for this football team he's a good nfl quarterback oh, i agree completely and and you know i think that there's something kind of interesting that that affects the the perception of him and and that is that he's he's not the type of quarterback the, the the quarterback ideal that that football fans have come to expect in in the 21st century i mean first with brady and then with rogers and and a few other guys and obviously in in recent years with people like mahomes and allen and uh and justin herbert and so on and so forth uh, there was there was this a, a classic movie back in the 1960s, one of my favorites, uh, a Peter Sellers movie called Dr. Strangelove. And it had a subtitle that that uh, was How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. And, well, Jones is sort of the exact opposite of that. He's not someone, at least in this offense, with this offensive line and with this set of wide receivers who throws the bomb very much. But he's a different type of quarterback in a different type of offense that is becoming very effective in that, in, in that type of offense, this short passing type of offense. And if, you know, and if you look at, at some of the numbers out there, uh, Jones had a 96.9 total quarterback rating QBR yesterday. That's 96.9 out of 100 possible. So uh, according to ESPN's metric for quarterbacks, he was almost perfect uh yesterday higher than anyone else in the nfl and i i read somewhere although i didn't check this might have been the highest qbr score of the entire season for jones yet when you look at the typical kind of volume based passing passing metrics touchdown passes yards and so on and so forth he's down you know number 15 to 20 or something like that he just broke three thousand yards a week ago or something like that and you know other guys like mahomes pass for a mile already and, and it's, you know, and so on. Right. But, uh, but I, I, you know, I think, I, I think what's happened is, is that he, whether this is what Dable wants to do or whether it's just Dable and Kafka saying, this is the quarterback we have, how do we get the most out of him? They've just designed an offense that makes use of his skill in the short game and rolling out and so on, and makes use of his legs for, for added value. And although it's it's not the formula that people say you have to have in the NFL today, people, this whole expected points added per play metric that's supposedly used to, to define the, the great quarterbacks is all about the idea that explosive plays, a, a small number of explosive plays is the best way to score a lot of points, whereas uh, a large number of, of small plays that get uh, yards is a less efficient way to do it because you have more opportunity for error well the giants are making that short passing game work with jones and it turns out that he seems to be really really good at it and you throw that in with his legs and and what he's able to do uh and i think once you once you you get used to that type of quarterback you have to say he could be pretty darn effective in the nfl 
And it was interesting last night, you know, I had the opportunity to be in the locker room and we talked to a lot of the players about Jones and the respect that they have for him is, is apparent just, and like I said earlier, you have to respect maybe you cringe at it sometimes when your quarterback is throwing stiff arms at, at linebackers and throwing shoulders into linebackers, but well, yeah, he, and, he, and even he, even even, he even don't care if he one of those. <laughs> yes, he did. But he but even Andrew Thomas said last night after the game, he said, "I told him, would you would you just get down? <laughs> would you just get down?" And Darius Darius Slayton was like, like, you know, it's, it's, it's makes me cringe to watch him take those hits. He said, but but Slayton was like, I wanted to be one of those people up in the crowd chanting Daniel Jones's name at the end of the game, you know, and and they have a lot of respect for him and and whatever his ceiling might be in terms of you know talent wise and numbers wise and all of that i just think you have to recognize how important he's been and the fact that that in the end i don't know why other than daniel jones asking for you know 5 years and 400 million dollars i don't know why the Giants would look at their quarterback situation and think that he's not the right answer as far as the guy for them to go forward with at this point. And 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 I hate to mention it, but I, I remember a former GM saying that he would like to just, you know, when he retired, he would like to go to Cape Cod and 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 just <laughs> watch Daniel Jones' career unfold and, and enjoy it. And and I think that uh that that former GM is actually getting to do that at this point. Yeah, yeah. I I saw I read an article last night, and I can't. I have no inside information. I can't tell you whether it's even true or not. But and I don't know the. I'm not familiar with the person who wrote it. But this person claimed that during training camp, uh, Dable set up a situation during training camp to to basically make Jones not look good. Uh, what, what this article claimed was, was that when they were doing drills, when Jones was in the game, he would tell Wink what they were going to run so that Wink could, could throw a defense at Jones. That was exactly what you needed to make the play not work. And then when Jones came out of, of the lineup and Tyrod went in, he would not tell, uh, wink what the play was going to be so that Tyrod could could have an easier time with the Giants defense and he wanted to see how Jones would respond to uh to the the toughness and if you remember back early in camp again whether this story is true or not early in camp Jones was having a terrible time getting the offense going against Wink's uh, uh defense but uh, the claim of this article was that was that he wanted to see how Jones would respond to the adversity and he loved what he saw and that he claims that that Dable loves Jones now and thinks he's really he's really the guy for him so uh, whether that's true or not uh, everything everything Dable says everything he seems to indicate and, and, and what he does for Jones and does with Jones in the game seems to indicate that he really is sold on him and and that the Giants are gonna really try try to make a big push to to keep him in New York well, it's it's interesting, Tony, because first of all, I've written a little bit about Brian Dable and his obvious 
I want to say affection or admiration for Daniel Jones and the way that I, Brian Dable has a little bit of a tell. Okay. And Brian Dable's tell for me is that when you ask him about a player and I can remember asking him about players, undrafted free agents way back in the spring, I would throw a player's name out at him and, and, and I would almost laugh because Dable didn't even know who the player was. <laughs> All right. You can tell. And, and as things have unfolded, you could, you can tell a lot of times from his answers when, when you ask him about a specific player, many times he will give you a short, succinct sort of perfunctory. This is, you know, answer because he has to give you an answer as things have unfolded with Daniel Jones, you catch Dable on a, on a, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday when he's a little bit more relaxed and you can talk and, and he'll talk for a while and you ask him about Daniel Jones and he will talk forever. He will go on and on and on about Daniel Jones. And to me, that is a huge Brian Dable tell of how he feels about Jones. He doesn't cut the conversation off. He will talk at length when he's asked a question about, about Jones. And in terms of the article that you, uh, that you mentioned, that was from Tyler Dunn at a subscription website called golongtd.com. And I was not familiar with the particular story that, that Tyler told about, about the the blitzes and all of that. What I can tell you, you know, since I was at a bunch of the training camp practices, is that Dable talked incessantly about process over results through training camp. And what Dable and Mike Kafka did on a continual basis with this offense was put the offense in disadvantageous positions. Day after day, it was, hey, let's practice third and long. You know, let's practice the third and long situations and let's turn Wink loose. I can remember John Feliciano just coming out of practices and being practically irate because, because Wink was throwing everything in the book at the offensive line, every blitz in the book. And he's like, we, we haven't even discussed how to, we haven't discussed how to handle these twists and these blitz pickups. And he, he's throwing stuff at us that, that we'd see in the middle of the season. And so just from that perspective, and and we kept asking Dable, the offense looks terrible. The offense looks terrible. And he's like, process over results we're intentionally putting them in very difficult situations we'll care about the results when we get to week one and and that has and that has proven out so i i i'm not i don't have information on on the story that tyler dunn said but with my own eyes i can tell you that dable did intentionally make things very, very difficult on Jones in that offensive line. Mm-hmm. And and he was hard on Jones even at the beginning of the season. I mean, we all remember the the interception that Jones threw uh, 
late in the game against Tennessee to, to Saquon in the end zone. And, uh, and he, he lit into him on the sidelines uh, after, after that play. And so they will obviously, as if you've watched him has, has no problem <laughs> yelling, no. And getting right in the face of any of his players when they, when they do something. <laughs> bad. So he's, he's just a really interesting guy because he, he obviously has a temper. Uh, he, you know, he, he doesn't show that, to, to, to you members of the press when when uh, he's interviewed he's all very calm and collected and very kind of clipped in most of his his statements about things but you watch him on the sideline and and he really he really you know gets into his players when they don't do uh, what he wants but at the same time he's I think it, you can tell that he's very emotional about about when he sees things that he likes and very emotional about the players who, who do the things that, that he likes. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And I think that's a big part of of why the players have, have bought into Dayball. And I think we have to talk about about you know Brian and and what he's brought to the Giants and and a big part of what he's brought to this team to me is he makes it clear that he believes in his players. I don't think the Giants really had that under Joe Judge. And the other thing for me is that so many coaches give lip service to the idea that, well, the players are the most important thing. We have to build our scheme around the players. It's it's about the players. It's not the plays, all of those things. And for a lot of coaches, that's lip service. For me, with this coaching staff, with Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, Wink Martindale, it's not lip service. It's we have a bunch of guys who are limited and and we have to figure out what they can do to be successful and let them do that. Not enough coaches do it that way. Too many coaches just, this is my system and this is what we're going to run. And, and if we don't, if, if the players we have can't do it, we're just going to throw them out and find new players next year. And, yeah. uh, and I think Brian Dable deserves so much credit for what the giants have done this year. I think it's incredible. Yeah. Well, you look, I mean, you look yesterday 
uh, on the other sideline, you know, there's Gus Bradley running the, the Colts defense and he's got that, that one defense that cover three that he loves to run. And the giants were fairly consistently <laughs> beating that underneath, uh, yesterday, you know, during, during the game, you know, but he doesn't, he doesn't change. That's the type of offense that, that he runs in, uh, in Los Angeles, you've got Joe Lombardi, uh, running an offense that's much more heavy, uh, run heavy than you'd expect when you have a guy like Justin Herbert at quarterback. And you wonder whether with a different offensive coordinator who'd say, you know, what does this guy do well? And Justin Herbert does a lot of things. Uh, well, you know, could could Justin Herbert have have a thousand more yards and 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 Los Angeles have a couple more wins than they already do uh, this season? So the idea of of adapting what you do to your players' strengths—I mean, it seems to make so much sense, but but there's actually less of that going on in the NFL, it seems, than than there should be. Absolutely, and it's it's a credit to the coaching staff, and I think it's a uh, the the. The fact that the Giants made the playoffs this year is also a credit to that front office considering how much they've done to add talent to this team, you know, on a shoestring budget with no money to spend in free agency, with having to to look every week at the salary cap and thinking, you know, what can we do to massage this salary cap to get through the season and still, you know, be able to operate just bringing in guys like Isaiah Hodgins and Fabian Moreau and, and Jason Pinnock and Nick McLeod. And, and even, you know, on the offensive side, Nick Vanette, who's been helpful to the offense and, and just the work that they've done to supplement a roster that admittedly wasn't playoff caliber at the start of the season and might still be one of the weaker rosters among all the teams in the playoffs. Um, the work that they've done should should not go unnoticed, I think. Yeah, and and I'm, I'm hoping that one of the places it does not go unnoticed is among the many NFL players who are going to be free agents in the in the offseason uh obviously when when players become free agents uh you know one of their motivations is getting as much money as they can and there are some players who probably are just looking for the biggest contract they can get and whoever will give it to them that's that's what they do uh but hopefully there are other players out there who you know will consider taking something less than the the highest amount of money that they can possibly get from any team and ask where can i go that will suit me that will make the best use of my talents and that i'll be going into a, a, a successful situation a situation that i'll enjoy where i'll i'll have success and uh you know i think i think what you were saying earlier about daniel jones and what happens with him in the off season you hope that that's exactly the calculation that he makes. I mean, Daniel Jones is a, is a smart guy and you would hope he'd recognize that his chances of succeeding any place else, except with Dayball and Kafka are, are less. And that he'd say, as long as, as long as we get, you know, what he doesn't consider to be an insulting offer, you know, if he's, if he, if they offer him two years at 15 mil per year at this point, I think he'll say, no, that's, that's not going to cut it for me. But I think the number has to be in the twenties, but I don't think, 
I don't I, I could be wrong, but I don't think he's the type of guy who will who will turn down what seems to be a representative uh, offer in order to to stay with the team. And then when you look at the rest of the of the cap space that the Giants have and what Shane might do to bring in some some free agents next year, you hope there are other guys out there who are saying, well, you know, I'll take a couple mil per year less to sign with the Giants and be part of that what's going on with that team than to, to go somewhere else where I might have the money, but I might not, I might not like uh, the situation. I mean, uh, uh, you know, Russell Wilson is finding out that, that the grass isn't always greener <laughs> on the other side of the feds. He's getting, he's getting a ton of money. So he'll be happy. He'll be happy with that. But obviously the year hasn't worked out for him the way, the way it should. And I think that that happens with, with several other free agents. They take the big money and then they find that, gee, things aren't, things aren't that rosy. Uh, and you have to think about the team you're joining also. And to me, the Giants have to be a pretty attractive destination for free agents this coming off season. I think so. And, and just, uh, just to mention it, never in a million years, or, or let's say never in four years, have I thought that we would hear, Daniel Jones chance and MVP chance for the quarterback. <laughs> I just, I never thought we would hear those. Uh, but I was, I was happy to hear them because as Brian Dable said last night, you know, uh, Daniel Jones deserved those. He earned those last night. I was happy to hear them. And, and I think you're right. Just the atmosphere, the way the giants are playing the, uh, the, the way that Brian Dable and his staff are using people, it all ha- it all should be attractive to to free agents who are looking for for up up and coming places, you know, for places where they're where they're set up, you know, maybe to have some success. And and I think the last couple of weeks in particular have been really important for that because obviously the giants kind of hit a wall in midseason this year. And part of it was just the way the schedule played out that they were playing some better teams uh, in the second half of the season than, than in the first half of the season. But part of it too, I think is that, is that teams start to kind of figure out what you're trying to do and, and they design uh, ways to attack what you do. And, and, and that they found that things that worked early on weren't working anymore. And it took them time then to adjust back uh, against those things. But I think the game against Minnesota, which even though they lost uh, that was, that was a real trading punches type of game in which the, you know, the giants made a good showing for themselves uh, against a good team. And, uh, and now this game yesterday where they, where they finally do what good team they, the giants actually look like one of the better teams in the league yesterday, sort of for yes. the first time. It wasn't kind of, you know, smoke and mirrors will be clever and we'll hang on and we'll beat you late in the fourth quarter. This was the first time they've dominated an opponent since, I don't know when. And, and so that's the type of thing that I think makes a good impression on teams. Whatever happens next week, whatever happens in the, in the playoffs, they now I think have established themselves as a, as an up and coming team. Tony, let's talk about playoffs and let's talk about seedings and, and all of that. Uh, I believe at this point, the giants qualified for the playoffs. I believe it will be obviously once you get to the playoffs, you want to succeed. You don't want to be one and done. We've seen Giants teams in the past, obviously, 
who people didn't think were championship caliber teams win championships. And I'm not predicting that this year, but, uh, yeah, but, but you're in, and, and once you're in, you, you never know what will happen. And it's really a twofold thing. I think the Giants are playing with house money the rest of the way. Whatever happens is all gravy on what has already been a spectacular season for the Giants. But it's a twofold thing. Did you ever think a few weeks ago that we would get to week 18? have the Giants already be in the playoffs, already be locked into the spot where they're going to be in the playoffs, and have this game mean more to the Eagles than it means to the Giants. Right. I right. never right. thought I never thought I'd see that scenario. Yeah, just a few weeks ago, uh if you we were we were all talking about the the idea that that wow if the Giants need that week 18 game probably the Eagles will have clinched by then and the Eagles may, may sit down all their starters uh, the way Doug Peterson did. (laughs) And now it's, now it's the giants. Now it's the giants who have the, do we rest some guys questions sitting in front of them? Really? It's a really interesting question. And, uh, and actually I was hoping to write something uh, about that this week, but, but Dable said something, uh, yesterday after the game uh, that I just found, I don't remember exactly what the question to him was, but he said something to the effect of our, our goal was never just to make the playoffs. Exactly. A goal was never just to make the playoffs, yeah. but that still doesn't answer the question yeah. of, of whether he'll rest starters. And he basically, I'm, I'm looking, uh, I'm trying to find, his comment about that in the, in the transcript um, last, last night. And he said his initial thought was, was that he would not rest players. He said, you get rest after the season. Um, And, but I still think, and and the, the Tom Coughlin approach is what everybody, what everybody loves back when, you know, when, uh, when the Giants stood toe to toe and tried to end the Patriots' unbeaten regular season, came really close. Coughlin, of course, getting getting plaudits from John Madden and from everyone around the NFL for the effort that the Giants gave in in the final week of the season, and that proved to be a springboard for that team. This team's different. This team, it's it's not necessarily the same and. And I wouldn't blame the Giants if they if they go into Philly and and try to win that game and try to play all their starters and and go th- and, and you know try to go toe to toe and 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 make up for that beating that the Eagles gave them the other day. But the flip side of that is, I don't want to see Daniel Jones lowering his shoulder and taking any hits next week. Yeah. I would love to see Dexter Lawrence get a little bit of rest. I don't want to see Leonard Williams play. I don't want to see Aziz o- I want to see Aziz Ojolari play, but I don't need to see him play 60 snaps. I I would like personally for them to go in there with the idea of let's play guys, let's see how it goes, let's assess the game as it goes along and let's be smart about it. Yeah, I think that's that would be a great approach. Uh, you know, go out there and and 
I'm sure. I, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of the players would like another crack at the Eagles, and absolutely, and they're embarrassed by what happened to them the first time uh, they played. And and I'm sure. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, of course, you're you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, unfortunately, the the what happens if you if they knock off the Eagles is that maybe Dallas becomes the number one seed, I think, and uh, or at least win. Uh, maybe not the one seed. I don't know, but at least they win. They win the division, I guess. If they if they win their game, and uh, yeah, and it's I, weird I, because it's like, well, do you want to? Do you actually want to make Dallas the division champion or, or not? Which team do you hate more, the Eagles or the Cowboys? And that's yeah, kind of that's kind of a tough one. To it's it's so weird to me that the that the Giants could beat the Eagles and knock the the mighty Eagles, who a few weeks ago people were talking about them going unbeaten, mm-hmm. and and the Eagles could wind up as the five seed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is just crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, there's a, like you said, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't with how you play guys. But I think that I think for me, just be smart. If, if you want to play Daniel Jones, if you want to play Saquon Barkley, go ahead and do that. Probably be good for them to get at least some playing time. But if you also look at it and you, and you say, okay, we're not going to win the game or, or they've gotten some good work for a couple of series and you want to get them out of there. I'm good with that too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I could, I could imagine him approaching it the way most of us, I think that you should approach preseason games. I mean, right. Joe judge became infamous for, for not playing his starters and then we felt that his starters weren't ready when the when the the real season began because he he sat them so much and uh and i think most people feel well you do have to have the starters in there a little bit and get them used to to game conditions and uh and so i could see let's say especially in the first half playing the starters and then going with 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 mostly uh reserves in the second half as you say you know depending on game situation too and and you know it's one of those maybe calls that you make on the fly as you see how the game uh is going uh on the flip side of things just as a as kind of a a a personal a, a pet peeve of mine uh you know the giants have davis webb on the roster and he seems like he seems like such a good guy and and i feel like he never got a fair shot with the Giants the first time around, and then he's been a good soldier for Brian Dable uh, those years at Buffalo and then coming to the Giants. And the poor guy has never thrown a pass in an NFL game in his life. And what I'm say, saying to myself is, is I hope that sometime next Sunday that Davis Webb is active and that they put him in the game and just have him run a couple of series where he, he does more than just hand the ball off. Where he actually tries to throw a couple of passes just so he has something in his stat line for his career in the NFL as a, as a quarterback, you know, and so I, I hope, I hope he does that at the end of the game. Yeah, I would agree. And Tony, I think, uh, I think that's a, that's a good place for, uh, for us to, to end on a very, uh, on a very good playoff monday edition of of the podcast giants fans please uh subscribe like share uh if you're watching us on on youtube and subscribe wherever you're listening to big blue view radio as well please uh stay safe out there take care of each other and we'll talk to you soon bye-bye support for this show comes from fundrise buy low sell high it's easy to say hard to do 
For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.